Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. It's a Guy Jeans podcast. Hey, you guys, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for listening. I really appreciate it. I'm your host, Guy Jeans. I want to thank you guys all for listening to my podcast with all the different guests that I have and their amazing stories. And remember, if you get a chance, you know, submit a review on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. It's much appreciated and it helps the podcast uh, grow significantly. Um, I want to thank my main sponsor, goldco.com. And if you get a chance, you guys make sure to check out their their site. And then when you go to there, go to goldco.com slash guy, and they'll give you a significant discount. Check it out, you guys. I think it's worth your while. It's pretty cool. So my guest today, you guys, uh, have you ever heard of the metaverse or NFTs, the blockchain, Web3, extended reality, or digital art? Well, you're about to find out with a pioneer in the expanding discipline of digital native works. Her name is Carrie Abel, and she educates me about this world that many of us don't know about, that's for sure. This is where we are going in the future, and Carrie has tapped into this world with her music, choreography, digital art, traditional oil painting, and poetry. She has also worked with artist John Legend on his project, his Web3 project called Our Song and has recently signed a record deal with Anti-Fragile Music. Carrie Abel is a multimedia artist who simultaneously bridges the worlds of music, dance, traditional oil painting, poetry, and mixed reality with all of her works. She weaves disciplines together to build a world of her own, which she invites all of us to step inside. So you guys, without further ado, here is Carrie Abel. Hi, Carrie. How you doing? Hey, I'm good. How you doing? I'm doing good. Thanks for being on my podcast. And I'm really interested to find out about everything that you do. Um, you know, in the intro, um, I kind of let everybody know a little bit about you. Um, but if you wouldn't mind kind of talking about like uh, who you are and what you do and, and that sort of thing, that'd be awesome. Okay, sure thing. I'm Carrie Abel. I'm a multidisciplinary artist and musician working with extended reality technology and um yeah just like really passionate about combining all those things and uh seeing you know the limitlessness of of the future and interactions and um so yeah right now i'm working on my uh first full vinyl album and then also making it a 360 uh vr experience I, you just got signed to a anti-fragile music is that right yeah, yeah, I've been working with um, Tom Sarig of um, Antifragile, and I've been um, really excited to be doing the. Ma- I'm right now in the process of doing the the, the master um, the master tracks for all the finalized um, tracks, and I'm I've been working on this. Uh, I 
right, doing all the writing this summer and then really excited to see it all come together. I do all the, the mixing myself and all the write all the instruments and the lyrics and everything. So um, having other input on the on, on everything that I'm doing is has been great. I've been looking at your videos and listening to your songs and you combined and correct me if I'm wrong, you combine like visual art with your music with uh, uh, people dancing and there's everything's choreographed and um, and there's digital stuff going on in the background. Is that right? Is that, am I getting that right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm, okay. I think the, 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 what I'll be releasing next year, I think will be even more accessible. I think, this some of the stuff that I have up right now was from you know three or four years ago where it was definitely more experimental and I I, I would still consider myself experimental but I'm definitely trying to make uh, this is the first thing I've done that's you know music first and so previously when I've been focusing um, on I thought of it more as sounds that I was making for the art uh-huh. and now I'm kind of doing the reverse I made all the music first and then I'm now making um, the art to go with the music. So it's been kind of an interesting experience for me. So yeah, definitely like dance is an important part to me. I think that it uh, really helps people to connect with a new genre or like a new um, way of listening to music. I think that's why I, I definitely feel like a lot of times, um, you know, music that might not be familiar to people, if they, you know, just like if they see it in a film, or their favorite show, they'll connect with it much more immediately than if um, they were to just hear it. They might not connect with it, but having something visual or a story to go along with it kind of gives people the accessibility to understand, um, you know, something that might be a little more experimental than they're used to. You know, it's uh, it's you're considered a pioneer uh, in the expanding discipline of digital native works. What does that mean? So uh, <laughs> I've been working with, <laughs> yeah, so I, because I know in our, in our pre-talk, you were asking about the metaverse and yeah. I think, you know, that was something that was a buzzword uh, a few years ago that a lot of people that didn't really necessarily understand the meaning of it were just kind of throwing around. And yeah. um, <clears throat> to me, it's, it's really, it's the extension of the internet and 3D. That's how I explain it. It's like we, right now, everyone is already living in an extended reality but it's just like a black box portal in their pocket right like everyone's Uh already doing that right and so the future is going to be much more immersive and i think more about humans because instead of it being like our own little world that we're controlling it'll be something that we're experiencing with other people in you know either virtually meaning like none of your environment is real and you're connecting with real people in virtual environments or in an augmented way where it is your reality but you know like princess leia in the you know like beaming up to to speak and start in the earliest star wars um you know you'll be able to have a conversation like with you know your mom that's on the other side of the country and it feels like she's right there and so um everything that comes with that like the embodiment of someone that you feel the presence of uh in real life I think is in the next five years going to be very mainstream and that's going to have um, an incredible impact on art and music and the way that we consume it, the way that it's created. And so um, just like how 
when the smartphone became mainstream, like think about how that changed art and music and consumer behavior. And so when we have the adoption of another hardware, which I think is probably going to be something like close to eyeglasses or sunglasses. Um, And then, you know, we'll just start all having that and then it'll be something that'll make it like very accessible for everyone. Wow. That's, that's crazy to think. It's so cool. So, like when you when you say like uh, metaverse and uh, Web three, like what is what is Web three? If for 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 folks that don't know, sure. So when I say so, when people say the word metaverse, they they're really talking about really. I just think like the way that I explain it is just the internet and three D. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and um, when I or other people say Web three. Um, basically like you know the first phase of the internet so i would say like web one was you know when you think about like aol dial-up and chat rooms and there wasn't a lot of and it was it was a lot of like read only you know there was not um not everyone had a website like it was you know the early days and then like web two is really where there was kind of is i would say what we're currently in and is where you know while it is a democratic uh, you know, medium that no one person owns. There really are sort of people or companies that control a lot of, of it because of their popularity. And um, and we as artists and creators and people don't have ownership of the assets that we put up. We don't have, uh, you know, it's, it, we're basically, we ourselves are a commodity. And so um, I think what, the dream of web three is that people will own their own, you know, music, artwork, their own data. Uh, so like if you could choose to be advertised to, and then you actually make money from that because you own the data that they're using to do that. Um, and then same thing with, you know, someone, you know, creating a following online, uh, you really can't make money from that unless you have a partnership with a brand or something. And mm-hmm. the people that are making money from that are not you, even though you did all the creation and right. the, you know, the building. Um, so, so really like web three is based on, this is a very long explanation, but it's no, based it's on the, the blockchain. It's based on the blockchain and basically like people don't need to be scared. Like, obviously there's a lot of bad things associated with that. Um, but it's just kind of like any early technology. There's not a lot of guardrails for that and um so that's still being ironed out but the 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 dream and the i believe very strongly in the technology and i think you have to kind of ignore what the market trends are because if you just pay attention to the headlines it's literally just who's ever getting the vc money at the moment right. <laughs> you know it's like and all of those things are connected and all of those things are our future and right now is a really important time. Um, I know you yourself as a musician yeah. um, for us to be very adamant about what we expect in this second phase of the internet. Um, I mean, it, Web3 would solve so many issues. Like you think about all the problems with um, streaming and uh, ownership that way, you can truly like have transparency and ownership and set the price of what you know you want somebody to stream your music for if it was based on web three and right now there's really there's so much obscurity about what is happening so that no one can really fight the like big conglomerates that have all the power right you know like um you know some of my friends who are are touring musicians you know they're not getting a lot of money from their music being played 
they're getting it from you know merch sales and you know uh, mm-hmm. the ticket sales and stuff you know and this sounds mm-hmm. uh this sounds like you have a lot more ownership to the music and you can get paid a lot a lot easier it seems mm-hmm. like is that is that correct yeah it's well it's basically just think about having a transparent system that not any one person owns okay. and that is you know validated by many many anonymous computers right. and um the uh, the uh i guess like the fact that it's a it doesn't require trust in order for it to work and so um you know you can have these transparent transactions that are you know between two people and that don't even know each other and you don't really need a middleman and so i think um to me where it's really exciting is if you think about any kind of digital asset like um for creators to actually own that like right now um i'm talking with a bunch of different like ai music companies and one that i'm working on creating um, a digital clone of my voice, but when the ones that you've already heard about in the media, those yeah. are people who have given their rights and they've gotten a lump sum. But okay. think about how cool it is to actually own that data set. Like you actually own your voice and okay. then you can have different contracts and put a price on like how many, t- many minutes someone can use it. And then it's very, very easy for them to access because, um, it's just a contract you've already written and then they just make a request like to use that for, you know, so like, it's, it's like you yeah. think about like just any, any digital asset and um, to have like true ownership of that. And then, uh, so anyways, as you can tell, I'm a huge nerd. I could go on. No, no, it's awesome. It's super interesting very, to me. Like, it's really interesting to me. I'm just like, I'm learning so much, you know, I'm going, wow, this is interesting stuff. I didn't know anything about that. It's really cool. Um, so I want to ask you, how do you, how do you go about like writing a song? Is it, you know, does it come through like your, your personal experiences? It's something that is like, you know, when I talk to other songwriters and artists and stuff, you know, it's obviously a gift that comes from within. And um, do you feel that way? Like, where does your, where does your creativity come from? Oh, uh, definitely. I, I mean, I, I think for me, it, it just comes very naturally. It almost feels like listening, like you're sort of like taking dictation or something. Uh-huh. And then uh, <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like it's like, and then for me, like if I've had any time where I haven't been able to be creative or like if it, if I'm, you know, it, it's very, uh, it makes me very depressed and anxious so it's something that i like have to do every day or at least yeah. the best i can fit in yeah. um and i i've definitely found and i've heard other artists say this as well that you yeah. know a lot of times when you're feeling your worst <laughs> yeah. um it's actually like when when you make the best stuff because right. there's that <laughs> yeah like choice like you, you make a choice to be like it's either it's like i mean creativity and destruction are just like two sides of the same energy you know it's like yeah. um so just to consciously like make the choice to be a creative person uh instead of being a destructive person and um so but it's definitely yeah definitely inspired by uh my life i mean it's kind of like a that's why i'm I'm pretty private person because i feel like i have a an open diary (laughs) that's on like a year of delay yeah (laughs) um, (laughs) yeah for sure um 
I mean, it's uh, it's interesting when, um, you know, your your soul is hurting and stuff, and stuff comes out, um, you know. But not all the time. Sometimes, for personally for me, um, like I could be happy or something and write a, a happy song. Um, but for you, you're you you got all these um, different disciplines. So do you like pick out through the day? Like, okay, I'm going to do this for a couple hours. I'm going to do this for a couple hours and that kind of thing. Or you just focus on one for the day or a few days. How does that, how does that work? Yeah, it, it's interesting. It's, it's, it kind of, yeah, it's, it shifts. Like I, <laughs> yeah. it feels like it all comes from the same place, but, uh, I, I would say I've been really focused on right now, um, the finalizing the album and the, and then thinking about, um, the VR and then like the, the music video elements. So we've been, you know, choreographing and, uh, you know, looking at like costumes and, and then also thinking about like, just kind of the, the fine tuning on the mixing, but like, so I could be working on all of those things in the same day, but in terms of like, if it's a, if it's a, a painting or like a, the start of a song or like kind of the, the meat of like, the creation of it mm-hmm. um that i like to have at least you know like three hours or something like if like a big block of time that's uninterrupted and has you know no meetings and um you know that's like i would say ideally at least three hours and so i'd like to i definitely like to work in you know like blocks of time if it's a um like this three hours i'm going to work on you know creating mm-hmm. this VR painting or this three hours i'm going to work on um this song that i started and have the lyrics for or something like that how's how's the business part of it play into you you know most most artist friends of mine are want to have nothing to do with it and it looks like to me that you're like really into it you're doing your public speaking you're you know you're doing a lot of um you know a lot of things your art your music um public speaking and all that so does does business come into play for you and are you are you taking care of all that as well? Well, so I just started working with um, a great uh, manager that I'm really excited about. Nice. Who um, he's he's um, he's works with um, like Wyclef and uh, Jerry Wanda, and he's huh. actually making a, a film with um, with Dr. Dre right now. So he's like really kind of involved in like the hip hop community. He wants me to, to start doing some more stuff with like hip hop artists. And, Um, but he is definitely like, I would not say, I mean, I think any artist like has to think about that a bit, but I've been, um, I'm excited to start working with somebody who like, that's what they do. (laughs) Like worry about (laughs) like, you know, like they're like, okay, so you're doing all this. Like now this is how we get paid, you know? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, so I think that it's pretty natural for artists to not be good at that. So I, I, I would say like, but you know, certainly that's something that you have to consider and think about. Uh, but in terms of like the creation process, I really don't think that any great creativity comes from worrying about that. It's like, it's like you have to be both like the child and like the business person, but like not yeah. at the same time, like not on the same day. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Did you work with John legend on, a project as well 
Yeah, um, so I got to be the first, uh, like, alternative rock artist to do, I mean, actually, I don't think I really have a genre at this point, but um, <laughs> yeah. uh, I've been told I've made up a genre, and we don't know what it is yet. Yeah, so. <laughs> I was going to ask you um, about that for sure. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's hard because I, I don't, uh, I don't fit anywhere, so that's been, that's actually been part of, part of the issue, but um, I mean, I think it's, it's going to be, I mean, it's great. Like when it, when it hits, it's great. Cause I mean, where's anybody going to find anything else like that, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I was really, I was really interested, um, to, I mean, I think two things that are really important to me because I had a lot of health problems as a kid. And so I'm always thinking about inclusion and accessibility. And I think that one of the things that what I talked about earlier about like the stream of web three does is it, it makes, collaborations like this possible so he has john legend has this um startup it's a great app it's called our song and um people can it runs on web3 like the blockchain technology that i was talking about earlier and basically people can um get licensing rights to remix the song and then i got to be the feature for two months and so i would wake up to all of you know, these people all over the world, like doing remixes of the stems of my song. And it was just absolutely wild. It was so much How fun. Cool and is that? The, the, yeah, it was <laughs> so cool. And then I loved that the winner of the competition was a 16 year old boy from Taiwan. And wow. he beat out like professional producers in LA and stuff like that. So it was like, and, and he was like in a very, very remote area, like just not even near a big city. Like he was just totally just raw talent and um his family and i mean we've since become internet friends like his family and all of his friends they're like you can't be a producer this is a fake competition you know they were just like and and that's what i think is so great about you know web3 is that i mean it it you know and kind of in current day you know you have to you have to move to um, you know, a, a city or, you know, and there's a lot of people, they might not even physically be able to get to the U S like ever in their life, yeah. you know, but if, you know, through this, like it, they're able, if they're just really talented and they, you know, apply themselves, like then that actually is something that's possible. Um, so that's like really exciting for me and definitely just kind of a, a dream that that is the next phase of where we're headed. What? That's another question I had just popped into my mind is like, you're talking about web three. And so how do people get to it? Like, how do they find it and get on it and, and see stuff? That's a good question. So I think right now I've, I've been consulting and working with a lot of companies about making it more accessible for, um, for people who, you know, might not want to get a crypto wallet. Right. Like, and yeah, um, so, for example, like with the John Legend project, I mean, I love what they did because they're actually not even really highlighting that that's how it, how it works that much. I mean, that is how it works. Like the base layer of it is on blockchain. Um, but anyone could just go download that app, like the R Song app, and um, you can pretty much use it without knowing anything about crypto. I mean, you, you just it's they they did a brilliant job of designing this and making it really user friendly and. Um, and then usually what people do for um, like web three companies that are trying to be accessible is they'll make it so that what's called a custodial, this is getting super nerdy, but they have what's called like a custodial wallet. And um, so that people can basically just go on and make an account that is more like 
you know, just creating like an Amazon account or something. Yeah. And so um, they don't have to go through all the steps of like learning about blockchain and stuff. Like, I'm sure like eventually, just like how in, you know, the nineties, not very many people were building their own websites, but then people created yeah. like tools that made it easier. It's actually a lot more complicated to make it easier for a lot of people to build than it is just to build it yourself, you know? So like um, there hasn't been the pl- the proliferation yet of people building the tools that's making it easier. But I truly believe that like it, the future of it will be sort of people implementing these tools that makes it more accessible and easy for people to use. So I'd say like if your audience is, um, you know, interested in, and music, particularly if they're yeah. you know, musicians or producers or DJs, like I would totally download the app and like play around with the R Song app. That's a great one. If they're more, you know, interested in art, um, um, Nifty Gateway is um, a company I've had some releases with uh, for for digital art, and that's you know something they can go on and um, create an account that's really easy to do. Just like I said, like as easy as making you know like a Facebook page or something, and uh, and then if later in the future they decide, oh, I want to actually like get my own crypto wallet and really take ownership and control of all this, then they can do that in the future. Um, but yeah, like that, those would be my two in terms of projects that I've worked with that are really accessible and make it really easy for people. So if anybody's interested in, you know, collecting digital art, I would definitely recommend um, Nifty Gateway and uh they there's some some of my stuff on secondary on their analogy as well what, what so what they would go to what what's it called our song yeah so it's just like like o-u-r uh-huh. and then s-o-n-g uh-huh. and there's a website but it actually is meant to run on an app uh so like okay. like you can you you can go there they have different um you know features and then uh it's it's really fun because the more times you log in the more that they give you what's called like shouts mm-hmm. and, uh, and you can vote on different remixes. Okay. And then, you know, the combination of the, the winners, um, it's like judges plus like crowd community vote and stuff like that. Um, but you can, basically you can take the stem, you get the stems from, you know, uh, the, a, a project, um, on there. And you can download them. And then, you know, even if somebody just wants to like mess around in GarageBand or something, I mean, you could literally, they built it thinking like if somebody only has a smartphone, we want them to be able to participate. So, okay. So do they, this is going to be, so do they have to get a wallet, a digital wallet prior? No, no, no. That's what I'm saying. Okay. The two that I'm recommending. So for like music, I would say like mess around with our song. It's great. Uh And then if they're interested in art, I would definitely check out. Um, like Nifty Gateway or uh, Foundation, um, definitely Nifty Gateway for sure has those two. You don't have to own a wallet. It's like very easy to sign up and just as easy as like, you know, creating a Facebook page or an Amazon account or something like that. And um, and then if in the future, you know, somebody decides, oh, I really want to have, they get really into blockchain and they want to create their own, they could you know, trans- transfer those assets, but they don't have to, like, at mm-hmm. this point. So I I think, to me, like, I don't think in the future it's going to, because it's too complicated. People just aren't, like, the average person is just not going to do that. So, yeah. um, you know, the developers are having to, of course, build tools that are 
easier for people for sure but yeah. the but the technology will still remain the same in, in terms of like how it functions and um you know how it's it's uh legitimizing ownership and um so like in terms of like with this is still something that isn't out yet like the ai voice thing yeah it's i think it's just really exciting in terms of you know for musicians and yeah. creators um to just really have true ownership and um to have the transparency of um knowing you know like being able to set their own value having automatic uh royalties you know just like with with um visual art if yeah. so i have one piece on nifty gateway that's relisted for like 1.4 million or something which hasn't sold but if that were to sell in a traditional auction like i would get nothing like i mean i'd probably get my name in the paper but i wouldn't yeah. actually get any money okay but with but with nifty gateway i would immediately wake up to 10 percent of that like N immediately like it would just automatically go to my account what and what's it called nikki gateway nifty like oh, n-i-f-t-y okay yeah nifty and okay. then gateway okay um and that's also pretty like so if anybody's interested in like collecting vis visual art um that they make it pretty easy and they also do um i think both of those companies um do kind of like their due diligence of the the know your customer they i yeah. think it's called like kyc yeah. or something so it's like they're using the blockchain technology, but they're like really adamantly making sure that they work with, you know, federal re regulations. And um, it makes it a little bit more safe for people that are like worried about <laughs> yeah. um, the bad actors that have been involved in. That, and that, that blockchain is something else. That's another discussion as well that makes it safe for people to, to buy things as it goes through different computers, I guess, or something like that from what I understand. And um, people can't follow it and steal your digital pieces. Is that correct? Something like that. Yeah. So there's there's still like there's a lot of actually startups that are that are working on this right now about making it like where, you know, there's still people that are like I I have friends of friends who have had really valuable digital assets stolen by falling for like something where they. No. you know thought it was customer support and they clicked on a link and like downloaded something and then oh. you know so like just like with anything i mean and the the kind of the the drama of that is that there are not as much like guardrails are still being built for that so okay. that's why i would recommend for if people are starting out like maybe go to one of these that has just it like runs on that but you don't have to worry about that like you're just like oh you just go and it, it's a, more of an experience a user experience that you are used to where you know you're just basically creating an account that's how i would start out i would if you're okay if anybody's thinking about actually you have to be like really careful like um starting out and i think all that will be a lot easier like very soon probably in the next you know five years for sure so you create these digital art pieces and then you um sell them is that right yeah, I haven't. Well, I haven't had a release um, of digital work um, since last year. When I, I know I just I sent you the, the yeah. 360 VR video, um, and so there were some of the pieces uh, that I had released for the Venice um, Biennial uh, that were on there. But I am planning on doing some releases for the um, the album because it'll be a, a 360 experience. But I think for for this one, what I'm what I'm I'm really thinking of it more as being experiential so 
experiential. Um, so in terms of it being, uh, you know, I've been talking with some of the, actually the, the people who built the, the Salvador Dali museum and in Florida that are interested in licensing my art and music for, for the album, uh, for one of their permanent locations. And so that's what I'm really excited about is maybe doing some more things where it's like, you know, people, you know, it's more like ticketed or like people go and they see it and it's a whole thing, like a whole experience that just exists. And then there's other ways to experience it, like, you know, through the YouTube app or like Oculus quest or, you know, but just having like different ways so that people can experience it. But, um, and then I'll probably do, you know, just like merch, like how, like have things that are, you know, maybe a limited release of some some still images or something like that. So when somebody buys a digital art, do they, they keep it in like a safe place, obviously, or try to keep it in a safe place. And then they'll have it. And then what do they do with it? Do they, they showcase it somehow? Like, how does that work? I don't, I don't understand. Like if they, like, you know, like p- people will put up like the actual painting in their house or whatever. But like with digital art, it's different. So... How do they, or they just hold on to it and they don't show it, or how does that work? Well, my my practice is very multidisciplinary. So I have, um, like, there was someone who collected the digitally native sculpture pieces from my Venice exhibition, and then they were shipped the the physical um, sculptures. There were forty of them that were hung okay. like a like. So I'm, I'm very multidisciplinary that way. Uh, but I think, you know, there are several of them that do exist as purely digital and I'm someone who believes in the, you know, validity of that. It's, it's sort of like if, but to answer your question, what do they do with it? I would say, I don't think we've reached the point where the, the correct display, we don't have the best system yet. Some people have really high um, level, you know, digital displays. Like one of my favorite galleries in, in New York is called Bitforms. And there's somebody that does this like very, very well um, is, you know, displaying the digital work, like understanding how to, um, you know, uh, keep that safe over time. Uh, a friend of mine that's a curator at the Museum of the Moving Image, it's, you know, there's like a whole sort of like pro- different protocol for, safekeeping of those kind of artworks than for like a physical painting. Um, but I think it, that's something that I'm sure, you know, some people will never understand, uh, but it's like, I think, you know, when you look at children who are spending a lot of time in, uh, you know, these games, yeah, and oh, totally. they, spend, they don't even, they don't, they don't even care about real money. They just, they want, they want money for their digital fashion and their, um, digital makeup and like the things that exist in the game where they actually hang out with their friends. They don't care about real life, you know? So right. I think that <laughs> yeah. as those kids grow up, I mean, it's going to be a very easy, like that wouldn't even be a question that they would ask. It's just something that they already understand that, oh, okay. that for them, those things have value and it's because they're existing in a world where they have socialization and, um, you know, uh, expression of themselves that is expressed digitally. And so to to them, that means it has value. And I think it's easier for kids, you know, to just, and they grow, I mean, 
there isn't a there isn't a disconnect it's not like this oh now we're going to go online <laughs> you know yeah. it's like it's just like it like exists and it's the same thing it's like they're socializing and yeah. so i think as you know and 15 years from now, I mean, those people are going to be the ones making decisions. Yeah. So interesting. huh? So if you were to describe your couple, couple more things I wanted to ask you about was your music. And, and if you could describe your music, what, how would you describe it? If you could. Oh, um, I would say, I'll, I think my favorite, my favorite compliments uh, have been, that it is pushing the boundaries both lyrically and musically, but in a way that is accessible uh-huh. and that yeah. it does not fit in a genre. It doesn't. So uh-uh. it doesn't fit into a genre. And so it becomes very difficult to describe, but uh, I would say I'm like basically just really inspired by anything that feels authentic and, I think that sometimes um, technique and educational technique in the arts can be a burden because you learn what you're not supposed to do. Uh, So for me, it's really about expression and, you know, doing things that make sense for the song. And, you know, a lot of people are much more drawn to things that are very similar to what they've already heard or like what they listened to when they were, 17 right like it's just a slight variation of what they heard when they were going through puberty basically um and so for me like i'm just much more interested in kind of like pushing things and combining a lot of different like sounds and um techniques and just just being very raw and authentic and the expression and trying out as many different you know instruments and both analog and uh you know digital uh, but yeah, it's like, it, it becomes a difficult thing to describe. It'd be much easier if I could be like, oh, like, you know, it's, I'm like, it's, it's like alt pop or something, you know, if I could, if there was some kind of neat category that it fit into, um, then it would, it would be a lot easier. You know, when I, when, people. when I'm listening to it, um, it's almost like it's, it's, you know, you know, when jazz came out. You know, um, all those jazz musicians were pushing the envelope to like, you know, do all these different scales and these different modes and all these things. And people are like, what is this? You know, and it's almost like that. It's like almost like jazz of the of the digital world or something. You know, I don't know how else to explain it, but it also has a vibe of of, you know, I don't want to say like a, a place, but it almost has like a vibe of like an artistic city. I could say, you know, like when I'm listening to it, I'm like, okay, that sounds like, you know, this is maybe coming, like, it sounds like Italy or New York or, you know, something like that. I don't know if that makes any sense, but that's what I'm feeling when I'm listening to it. It's kind of like, um, puts you in that kind of frame, you know, like, uh, you're, you're, you're definitely going somewhere on a little journey with it. You know what I mean? <laughs> I don't know if that makes Thank sense. You so but... much. I love, yeah, no, I love that description. Like uh, j- jazz of the 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 digital age. I love that. It's yeah. uh, I've had my um one of my um mentors, uh Craig, he did the first song on the album The The Sugar Hill Gang in the nineteen eighties oh. and he was like a big R and B singer. Yeah. And so he talks to me a lot about how like the reason that they brought him in was because in 1980 people were like hip hop, like what the 
touches this, you know, like, it was, yeah. like, so they like wanted something that was more accessible. And at that time, like people got what R and B was. And so they brought him in to be like, okay, you'd be the first song on the album to kind of just like introduce this. And, um, yeah. and so he's telling me, I mean, that's basically what is happening for me right now. And that, uh, like finding the entryways for it to make sense to people. And he's definitely used the jazz, uh, has he connection as well? Yeah, yeah, he did. Because I think some of this stuff. Sometimes he says I remind him of, um, like Etta James or like there's. He said like, um, like beat poets of the like black beat poets of the seventies. But he says sometimes my intonation reminds him of. So it's kind of yeah, it's pretty interesting. And I mean, he's I think he's he's in his late seventies now. So his history and knowledge of music is pretty astounding. Um, so I I was. So it's interesting. I haven't. He's the only other person that's used the term jazz for uh-huh. me. So it's cool that you have that. Uh, awesome. I mean, it, it is. It's a uh, yeah, definitely going in that direction for digital works. So when you're when you're um, creating, when you're when you're when you're creating, one my dog's tripping out. I have to do anyway. So when you're creating. Um, your music is is it like you're you've got a um a, a sound that you're working with and you're like oh that sounds really cool okay now i'm going to take it here i'm going to do this and you're just kind of like improvising yourself and you're kind of going this is this is what uh this is where this is going i mean how do how do you create those songs where i mean when you're sitting there like you're on your guitar or whatever instrument you're yeah that's a that's a great question i think it, it it's definitely like very much like words first for me like so i'll have an idea of where the like how it would be sung and what the the words um inform mm-hmm. like what the the feeling of it is and then i'm usually just kind of like and also uh, <laughs> I, i'd love to say too that i'm i don't drink i'm like totally sober like i don't drink like and so that always fascinates people that I do this and like, cause most musicians, I think they'll, you know, they kind of relax and like have, you know, a beer or something. <laughs> right. Writing. Right. right. Um, and so I was like, yeah, no, I'm like, I'm just, I'm naturally this weird. Um, and <laughs> so, so yes, it's usually like, I just, it, there's kind of like a, there's a, there's an emotion that I think the lyric informs, but then I'm usually just kind of like, tooling around usually i do guitar next and like i'll just kind of like tool around and then be like oh like that's the vibe you know and then like there's usually like that and then i'll start um just like recording recording things and then usually um and then i just started playing i started playing bass and i really like like layering on top um so i now started doing either guitar or bass first and then i'll add uh you know some beats like i, I love um, my little like midi keyboard um and that's usually what i i do for you know different like beats and stuff and then yeah. um i have a giant uh keyboard that instead of doing the midi i don't know why i do this but instead of doing the midi um keyboard i actually condenser mic record the live keyboard okay um and uh so that like if piano is going to be in it then that's usually like how i would capture the piano but um and then you know usually like and i know i'm sure you know because you're a musician like the first take of it or the first like you know 85 percent of the work probably comes out very quickly like in one day but then it's it's not um 
complete and that usually takes a while to like you know like take some things out and like add some other layers or and and i think a lot of times um it's it's what you take out or the 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 spaces that you put in or that where there's nothing that i think can make the biggest impact actually interesting yeah i mean uh it's it sounds like um you know you're you're really it's really coming from somewhere else you know and you're just creating creating it as it as it comes you know which a lot of musicians do yeah that's really cool the um okay one one last question i want to ask you um so you're getting you're getting your songs together and you're getting ready to go perform them right and you're you're mm-hmm. working out all your um the dancing with your your friends there and all that kind of stuff and then it's getting ready you're getting ready to go on stage or wherever you're performing are you getting are you getting butterflies are you getting nervous and and what is that like for you oh yeah always (laughs) yeah totally (laughs) absolutely oh yeah always (laughs) i think yeah anytime there's like so i think for me it's always like there's so many things that can go wrong that really don't have to do with like how good of a performer you are like it's like you know your in-ears could go out or like i mean our lot like last show like the the drummer like accidentally like double booked himself and so we had to um (laughs) nice (laughs) yeah and so and so he was like he was like okay like i was i was worried about him being late and then the the <laughs> venue had a start 30 minutes late and i'm just like oh my gosh like yeah. you have to be kidding me and so i and then you know and then i'm getting like texts from people being like oh i thought you were supposed to start like 30 minutes ago and yeah. i was like yeah we were you know? um so i think it's like all of those things that oh, which now yeah. i mean thank goodness i'll have me <laughs> now that i'm working with a manager i just i'm realizing that i was like oh my gosh like the amount of stress that that will relieve of just having somebody else like it's hard to be the 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 lead performer and managing everything oh man Um, yeah so yeah really looking forward to that uh but it's it's yeah always i think you know anytime i think it's just a sign of i think butterflies is just a sign of that it's um something you care about and um but then after you're for me like i mean once i'm like on and like everything like we like start it's like totally zone it's like just like totally like and i love it i'm like in the the moment i'm totally just like revisiting and feeling like i i I very strongly feel like all of the emotions of what made me create that piece yes in the first place and um so it's like to me like it's it's really easy to be present once it starts is it important for you and or or for you to realize that the audience is enjoying the music and the the performance or is it does it does it matter to you at all it doesn't matter well here's if i feel the same way about this as i do about like the visual art i think if if two different people can see the same exact thing and one of them is like this is terrible and um and another person is like i absolutely love that and they're they're at the same show then i think to me like that's a like i I, my favorite response to people who have a negative reaction is like you know thank you for having an emotion thank you for listening and for having an emotional reaction so it's like i think it can trigger yeah it can trigger something for people and um i mean it baffles me to find out that there's people that actually like hate me that hate my music i mean they've never i don't know them but 
that will like buy a ticket because they want to come then like talk trash about it like on the internet which is just hilarious you know so um yeah it's like i mean i was like you're only helping me here you know (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome (laughs) you know like it's like really funny to me but so i think you if you um i I think if you live for like the validation or like if you care a lot um i mean of course it's great to know that people like and appreciate what you're doing but I think that's why it's, I think it's so important to know that you love it and you're proud of it before you share it so that you're, you know, really confident and, and you can just be like, well, it exists. This is how it is. Like, this is what I made. I'm proud of it. Um, and you know, if other people like it or don't like it, it's still something you can be proud of. Cause I think if you're, if you get too into what people, how other people feel about it, then that just becomes like debilitating. Absolutely. You know, one of my, one of my friends is a, uh, an atonal composer, 20th century composer. And he, he always, um, you know, I'll, I'll go to his shows, you know, and I'll try to, I, I will try to stay for the whole thing. <laughs> and he's all, he tells me, he's all, dude, if somebody can stay for the, my whole performance, God bless them, man. Because most people walk out and I'm all, why is that? And he's all, because, you know, um, I'm not trying to impress anybody. He's all, I'm just trying to, you know, do my art. And I, and I go, I get it. Mm-hmm. I totally get it. But, you know, some of his tones that he plays, you know, they're like, they don't, they don't make you feel good or they're, you know, they're, <laughs> you know, like this kind of sound or whatever. But he loves mm-hmm. it. He absolutely loves it. And he keeps doing it and he gets big crowds and a lot of people leave. <laughs> You know, but he's he's a crack up about it. You know, he doesn't care. So it's it's awesome. Well, Carrie, thank you so much for being on my podcast. I I learned a lot, and I know my listeners have learned a lot as well. And what's going to happen in the future for everybody is is so exciting. And I'm gonna I'm gonna put oh, my I'm gonna do, I'm gonna get my voice uh, AI'd and make some money <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Well, thank you so much, Carrie, and it was a pleasure oh, talking to you. Yeah, I really, really appreciate it. Oh, you're welcome. And I was going to say, if um, anyone wants to um, reach out on, I'm I'm pretty, I started um, doing more on YouTube and really responsive on, you know, comments there. And uh, also just have a new, like, WhatsApp channel that I post to with, like, updates and stuff. So people are really curious about, you know, um, all these different kinds of projects and might inspire them, you know, for their own work, like, uh, feel free to check me out on the, the WhatsApp channels. I I'm pretty um, posting a lot on there. Yeah, well. I'll I'll make sure that I put that all in the description and stuff as well. You know, all your information and all that, um, and where people can find you and your music and art and everything. Okay, sounds okay, great. Awesome. Okay, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, we'll talk soon. Take it easy. Okay. okay bye bye. Bye bye. With everything going on in the world today. Right now could be the best time ever to diversify your retirement savings with precious metals like gold and silver. I just bought some precious metals myself and I got them from the top rated company, Gold Co. They couldn't have made the process easier and their customer service was impeccable. Gold Co. has helped thousands of people just like you and me place over $2.5 billion in gold and silver. They're rated a by Better Business Bureau. They've earned over 5,000 five-star reviews. They're a seven-time incorporated 5,000 winner. And that's just mentioning a few of their accomplishments. There's plenty more. Right now, for my listeners, they're offering up to $10,000 in bonus silver. You heard that right, up to $10,000 in bonus silver, but only while supplies last. 
Go to goldco.com slash guy to learn more. That's goldco.com slash guy. Diversify your savings with gold and silver today at goldco.com slash guy. It's a guy jeans podcast.